Hey, I'm Jason Gray. Hey, this is Sarah Gross. Hey, I'm Andrew Osinga. Hi, this is Michael Carr. Hey, this is Andrew Peterson, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. And this is me, so let's have some exciting music. Who is me, you ask? Well, me is Rick Lee James, and this is my podcast, Voices in My Head. We've got a great show for you this week, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. I am your host, Rick Lee James. A very short preface to the episode today, which is going to be our worship band workshop, part two of some seminars that I gave. I guess I'd call them seminars, yeah, at Team Day up in Michigan a few weeks ago. Last week had a great episode with Paul Balash. Just a reminder to you guys that uh, Paul Balash has a new album coming out on uh, April 1st, yeah, No Foolin', April Fool's Day is when his new album comes out, it's a live album, you heard some of it last week, if you didn't get to hear it, go back and listen to it, it's a great episode. This week, uh, just want to remind you one more time that my live album, the whole concert film is on Amazon Instant Video, Basement Psalms Live, so you can just look up my name or look up Basement Psalms Live, however you want to do that. Also, Out of the Depths, A Songwriter's Journey Through the Psalms is available in all forms on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and you name it online but out of the depths a songwriter's journey through the psalm uh, we've got hardcover copies of it and we have Kindle copies if you want to go the cheaper route and uh, be able to download it there and you can get some special autograph copies if you go to rickleyjames.bandcamp.com that's all for now today we're going to get into our worship band workshop which i must say is uh, highly influenced by paul Bulosh because uh, i learned a lot of what i do from him so god bless you i hope you enjoy this uh, part two of the workshops god bless thanks for listening to voices in my head Now we are officially recording. Okay, so welcome to uh, the worship band workshop today. We're supposed to have about 19 people in here, and it looks like we have probably close to that. I don't know how we're going to fit like 34 in the, the final up, uh, session today <laughs> later on in this room. We'll try. I guess people will be sitting on each other's laps. So uh, looking over this list, uh, let me ask you, how many of you in here are worship leaders at your church? Okay, how many of you... Um, do something like instrumentally or uh, like like what you do. You're all in staff positions or some sort of leadership in the church in some way. Some yes, some no. Okay, great. Well, what I want to talk about today, uh, this is probably going to be hitting um, a variety of congregational um, situations, needs, things like that. We're going to be talking about how to work together um, as a worship band, okay? Things have changed. In, in the past few years, as many of you, I'm sure, have noticed if you've been around the church for a while. Uh, we went from being a group of people that got together and usually had a piano and or an organ on Sunday morning, and we would sing songs and hymns and things like that, that somehow through the last 20, 30 years, a lot of that started changing over. I would say probably church style-wise, music-wise, has probably changed more over the last five to ten years than it has in the last 50 to 100 <laughs> almost in just the way that we sing. So we have all this rapid change that's come into the church and everything thrown at us is new 
and we're all trying to, to catch up. I feel like I personally am trying to catch my breath sometimes with all the new technology that comes along with all the latest things and, and trying to keep up with new music that comes out and keep up with um, how we can best, you know, how do we mic the drums? Should we mic the drums? How do we mic uh, the electric guitar? Should we mic the electric guitar? I mean, the bass, do we go through the house with it? Do we have a subwoofer that'll handle it? Things like that. So most of our church sound systems had to be upgraded at some point because we went from being uh, a group of people that met and usually just had like one instrument playing and we all sang or two instruments like a piano and organ to now we're trying to do like this full band thing in a lot of churches where we have several guitars, we have keyboards, we have pianos, we have drums, sometimes we have horn sections and we're all trying to press them through the old sound system that was just set up originally for just you know like one vocal mic and something else. So a lot of times we come off not sounding that great on Sundays. Um, at, at a very basic level, one of the problems is sometimes just the way our sound system's set up, you know, and how that goes. So it could be that some of the things that we confront when we talk about problems that worship bands face, a lot of it can be fixed by tweaking the sound system a little bit and by some people going there. So we're not going to get too much into the, the techie side of things, but that's just kind of to explain the predicament a lot of our churches are in and why we're having a, a lot of hard time with our sound and being able to play together well as a band in a workshop and uh, in a workshop in a worship service sorry that's the medicine saying those words like that so uh, anyway so I'm hoping that today we can offer you a few helpful tools uh, as worship leaders or as instrumentalists or whatever your role is maybe you can even take some of this information back and help people in your uh, congregation to understand you know how a band works together a little better um, I am a, a guitar player and a piano player. I, I do both of those things at my church on Sunday morning. Um, so depending on, you know, the week and what music we have, uh, we're going to play songs differently from time to time uh, than we would. And you can take one song. I made an example in the, in the last class about um, one song can have many different styles, many different variations on the same song. That's part of the mark of a good song is if it can translate well. Um, there was a song um, by Paul Balash. This is the reference I made last class. So those two or three of you that were in here last session, you'll four, I think, five, six. A lot of you were in here. Sorry. Anyway, you heard this. But like, ever, um, not Everlasting God. Um, what was the song? Is Today is the Day. Uh, Paul Balash and Lincoln Brewster wrote that. You know, today is a day you have made. Um, Paul Walsh, his is uh, his recording of the song. It's the same song, but it couldn't be more different than Lincoln Brewster's recording. You know, his in uh, Paul Balash's version, you have his guitar player Ben Gal, and he's doing almost like these U two licks. You know, you know, and Lincoln Brewster's all about you know doing the you know I like to get into the guitar solos and stuff. Today is the day. I don't, wasn't even in the right key, but day is the day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, and so his his has a different feel than what Paul's does, but it's the same song. So you're gonna find that your worship band, when you come together, may have a different take on the same song too. <laughs> that your church may not be able to do it in the exact same style and way that those bands do, because for one thing, they have the benefit of having most of them record budgets and things where they can go in and make things sound crystal clear. So even when they have a 
parentheses live album, the live album mm -hmm. oftentimes is recorded in the studio first, and then they go and put some things live with it, and then they'll put vocals over, and it sound and you get discouraged because you're like, how in the world are we gonna make our band sound like that? <laughs> you know, we've got three guys, and we can't get near the bigness of what they have or whatever, and. Uh, the ones that we have, we aren't playing together well. <laughs> We're not listening to each other. So one of the things you want to make sure you do as an instrumentalist, there's a lightning bug in here, I think, or something. So anyway, um, <laughs> squirrel. Anyway, songwriter, sorry, we do that kind of thing. Um, one of the things we want to do is, is to be a servant to the arrangement of the song, first and foremost. So we want to try to serve whatever arrangement it is that we're doing. Um, if you're a guitar player, how many guitar players in here? Okay, good, several. Electric, acoustic, your main ones? Electric, okay. Electric, okay, great. Electric, electric, acoustic. Okay. Well, you may have a different feel on some songs. You know, if you if you want to do a um, an, an acoustic version of a song, it's going to be way different than if you bring in the, you know, the electric with all the distortion and delays and you know more delays and should be allowed by the law <laughs> every song today seems like it's got all the you know you know the, the ping-ponging riffs and all that stuff so if you take a song you have to decide however your worship leader wants to lead it first of all and you want to be a servant to that style of song this this is probably going to sound ridiculous in some ways to you but it worked at a church i was at one time because these were the musicians they had and they, they couldn't play in the same way that like uh, uh, you know, that Darlene Jack song, you know. Uh, I know you rescued my heart. I believe you know that one. Well, this one church I was playing at and leading the band with on a Sunday, there was no way they were getting that. Like we tried it, and they just couldn't get the. But they were more like Southern gospel driven, you know, type thing. And I thought, well, how can we do like, and I'm not saying this was perfect or anything, but I thought, how can we kind of do that song? We want the message that day. The pastor wants that message from the song to be there. So what can we do with that melody that, that doesn't change what we're singing, but it changes the music a little bit, you know? And so maybe you think a little bit more kind of... I believe, you know, like this, you know, and I'll raise a banner, my Lord is coming to save my redeemer, you almost do kind of a southern bluesish, you know, whatever, how it goes, um, so you kind of have to know who your band is and what you're trying to go for, if, if you're in the band and your worship leader wants the song to go a certain way, be humble enough, respectful enough, and um, a servant enough to say, yes, we want to serve the song this way. Um, I'll never forget one, <laughs> one Sunday morning I was playing at a church in Tennessee, and on this particular song it was just going to be a prayer song. And uh, I asked the piano player, who, by the way, she was an amazing piano player. She played like Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, it was one of those like honky-tonk piano type people. And uh, whatever song it was, this, this has been several years ago, I think we were singing uh, Change My Heart, O God, for the prayer chorus. And we practiced it beforehand, and I said, I just want this to be real prayerful, whatever that may mean. When we get to this spot, when we're, we're asking, change my heart, O God, you know. 
So when we practiced it, we did, I'm kind of playing guitar, you know, change my heart, oh God, make it ever true, you know, how you do. And when it came to actual time and service, she started doing her honky-tonk piano thing. And it was like, change my heart, oh God, boom, make it ever true, boom, 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 you know, it was just like <laughs> through and through like that. So what I mean is, is serve the arrangement, you know, like be a servant to the arrangement of the song. Listen like to your worship pastor and try to figure out what they want from the song to what they want from you. Um, one of the rules is the more people you have in your band, the less you have to play. Okay, so th remember that if you remember nothing else from, from this workshop today. The more people in your band, the less that you actually have to play. Excuse me while I grab a drink of water. Now, if, if it's just me, and I'm the only one up there on some Sunday, good example was this past Wednesday night. I, I was asked to come lead music at a church for an Ash Wednesday service. So uh, they wanted it real stripped back and real light, so um, I just did some basically acoustic stuff, you know. You're, you're trying to fill in enough chords if you're a guitar player, you can do something like that. Try to play as big and and like open chords as you want. And if you're a guitar player, you're probably like the key of E, so you know, let's put it in the key of E here. And you can do your own, you know, add a bass note in, things like that. And if you open strings, you know, let it really ring out. You know, you can just kind of insert the song in there, you're playing these big open strings and things like that. Well, if you're used to leading that way, you're going to be used to playing a whole lot more, you know, whenever you come in. If you get a second guitarist up there, you don't want both of you to be playing the exact same thing, you know. But a lot of times we'll look at the music together and both guitarists are going to go, okay, that's an E, so I'm going to play this chord. Well, now you have two cars, two guitars doing the exact same thing. So that second guitar needs to think, what can I do that's going to be different, you know? Should I go up higher to complement that sound? Because one guy's already playing here, so maybe I need to play that E up here, you know? And really, you know, like open up some big strings and keep it going. Um, and then maybe God allows you to have a bass player come in. Well, now I don't have to hit these, you know... making the, the bass notes and all that myself. Now I can let the bass handle some of that. And I don't have to worry about stretching my hands and doing all these, you know, big long reaches. And you can let it ring out. Sometimes we feel like as instrumentalists we're cheating if we do that or we're cheating if we put a capo on. But, you know, the difference between this sound, you know, and this sound, it's, it's a lot of difference. It, it rings out better, you know, depending on the chord that you play. So if you get a bass player in, you know, it, you got to ask yourself as the rhythm guitarist, if you're a guitarist, um, what's he playing? Is he playing down low on, um, you know, or is he going to be up here? If he's up here, you need to go down there, you know, just to kind of help complement and smooth it out a little bit. Well then, let's say we add um, uh, a piano player to the mix. We have piano players in the room here? Yeah, several, good. Um, one of the things 
that is very difficult for piano players, and I am one myself as well. Um, usually if there's a piano player at my church, I'm the one playing on Sunday mornings. It's hard for us um, to get through our heads that we don't have to play as much as, as we think we do. Um, at one time when I started this session, I said, you know, there was a time where we were um, relying totally on the piano, you know, and just in the way that I was doing a second ago where the guitar is filling in all the bass notes and doing all stuff like that. Sometimes a song, if you're going to be a servant to the arrangement, it just calls for the piano player to sit on their left hand <laughs> and just do some right hand stuff, you know. Or if you play a keyboard, maybe we can put a few pad loops, you know, through the keyboard and things like that. It feels like you're not doing anything. And what I always hear from keyboard players is, this seems so boring. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing all of the stuff I know I can do. And that's great. But like I said before, the rule is the more instruments you have, the less you have to play. The less muddy it will sound and, and the more full it will sound, honestly, the less you play if you can do it all together. Um, if all of your band came in at once, and, and let's add like drums to the mix now. So we have a, a piano player that's doing right hand stuff, you know, playing. The bass is down low, the guitarist is up high. Maybe your second guitarist is an electric guitar now. And electric guitar doesn't know quite what to do, so uh, you're in E. So let's try something that's, that's fairly universal. Maybe I didn't have a lot of time to practice along with the track this week. I can make a D shape you know, on my guitar. You guys know about this, guitarist? Like, if you make a D chord, that works on a lot of songs, just plucking it out, you know? Kind of put some delay on it, if you're an electric player, you know, and you're playing this. You know, you got kind of that rhythmic feel going on. As an electric player, you don't need to be playing that same thing. You know, you want to find out something. So you might just play like, bring a D, a D shape up here to E, kind of. So the rhythm player is doing something like that. Or you might be up here with sort of like uh, the three notes of an F shape, you know, up here. So if you're a guitarist, a lot can be done with that D shape, taking it up and down the neck, putting a little bit of delay, <laughs> a little stuff, you know, you guys know if you lose electric delay, you can get away with a lot of stuff on a lot of songs. Think of like... Uh, like a song like Mighty to Save or something, you know? Maybe you don't want to play that. Maybe you're a little bored with that or something, so let's try to figure something out. You know, and got the acoustic guitar is driving over here, and piano players, you know, using your right hand. And the drums now we have coming in. Drummers are some of my favorite people. And I, I love the jokes about drummers. I've, I used to live in Nashville, so there's like a, a million and one drummer jokes that people have. Are there any drummers in here? Okay, very good. You've probably heard a few of the drummer jokes along the way as well, you know. Don't, don't say drummers. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't call a drummer a musician. You'll, you'll offend the real musicians or whatever, you know, things like that. But the truth is the drummer is one of the most important components if you have a band going on. And one of the things the drummer can look for, and I'm sure you do, is um, don't, don't try to play all your fills 
that you know in a song. And that applies to every instrument, especially electric guitar too. Because how many times have you guys been in a service and like the electric guitar player knows a lot and he wants to make sure everybody knows everything he knows in that song. So you're like, you know, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit. And in the meantime, your electric player's over here going, God save. You know, it's like, it's like just because you can do it doesn't mean you you should, you know. And it's it's kind of like that with drummers too. And and no offense to the drummers, drummers are like the backbone of the band, honestly. But sometimes when I work with drummers, I have to like politely say, "You're really good at all those fills and things." But we don't need all those fills, <laughs> you know? Like, you're doing a fill right in the middle of a verse, and I'm not sure why, you know? Like, it's just because you can, it doesn't, like, fit the song necessarily to have that drum beat there. And so the drummer has to kind of listen and be sensitive, and the drummer and the bass player need to kind of match each other. Like, whatever the, as a general rule, if you're a bass player, bass player's in here, by the way? Okay, you are too? Okay. Uh, the general rule for the bass player is you want to try to match what you're playing on the bass with the kick drum, right? You know, whatever he's doing with the kick, you want to try to match with the bass and not kind of step out of line because that'll kind of help keep everybody in that pocket and, and keep you in there rhythmically where you're uh, supposed to go at. Um, and you can go on and on and on with this and, and add a whole lot of different instruments and add different dynamics. Uh, you want to make sure that you sound check things as well uh, whenever you come together. That you're not only just listening to each other, but you want to make sure you can hear each other. One problem we're having with church sound systems is, as I already explained, um, we aren't we aren't all set up anymore for bands, you know. Because when you when it used to be back in the old days, you needed a mic for the pastor, you needed a mic for whoever was leading singing, and you needed a piano and an organ. That was about it. So we have a lot of uh, people trying to hear now <laughs> in the band. The electric player's trying to hear, and, you know, I'm a guitarist. We never can hear enough, you know? It's like, I can't hear it. Turn it up more. And you, you turn it up to, like, notch one on your amp, and people start complaining. <laughs> and it's like, I can't hear. It's the loudest thing. It's like, I can't hear anything but the drums. And the drums are like, I can't hear anything but the piano. And everybody's trying to hear their own thing. Um, one just, you know, thing might be you guys might need to look into some in-ear monitor situations. I, I know that those things are expensive. But what happens a lot of times is when you get in a band setting, everybody starts playing and everybody keeps turning up louder and louder. And what's coming out of your monitors is bouncing off the front of your sanctuary and then echoing back into your congregation. It sounds muddy. It sounds weird. Yeah. And then your monitors end up being sending out more signal than the speakers are, you know, in the house. So if you have like, if you're trying to make that transition into where you're using a lot of instruments, you might want to look into some some ways to upgrade your sound system. Anyway, that's just a side note. But you want to kind of make sure everybody can hear, and you want to be a servant to the song and not step all over what everybody's playing, you know, whatever the musician is playing. Um, how many of you worship leaders have been frustrated by instrumentalists that are not watching you? You know, <laughs> okay, probably all of us at one point. If you're an instrumentalist, you need to work hard to watch the leader because he's going to be or she is going to be trying to give maybe some different signals. I do a lot of this at my church 
when a song is coming to completion where I raise the guitar neck when we're about done. You know, things like that. Because I can't just like wave my arms like when I'm directing a choir or something and go stop. But I can go... You know, and they, they kind of get the picture. But how many times have I tried to do something like that and they're looking somewhere else or they're just staring so hard at their music, <laughs> you know, that they're not watching. So if we can play together and watch each other and listen for each other, it's going to help a whole lot. Um, yes? I have a question. You also got to have an undo nod. Because I accidentally did that to my drummer last week. I, I gave him like the, and I was, but I was just kind of reacting to the music. Oh, and, right. And, and I was like, as soon as I did it, I knew where he was going and was going to go. And I was like, I can't undo that now. I can't like pull it back. Exactly. Yeah, if you can figure out like a musical sign language with your band, that would be very helpful. Just look at him, shake your head, no. No, don't do it. It's like, don't stop. Or just scream into the mic, stop, don't, <laughs> or, or with the AV guys, I don't know why it is that they don't watch on Sun. you know, they don't watch what you're doing. Uh, I think it was this last week I was at church, <laughs> and uh, we always try to start at five till with a song, you know, and we're waiting on the words to come up on the back screen. I know them, but the praise team doesn't all know the words, so I'm just up here, we they know when we start the music, it's time, you know, put the words on the screen, we're going to go. And I've, I've been, I, I played it like for a minute and a half, and I felt like, we'll start the song whenever we get the words, you know, I like had to say it on the mic, you know, and things like that. So you have to kind of work with your, with your audiovisual people as well to help. Um, but let me, let me show you a couple quick tools. I, I talked too much in the last session and didn't get enough into what I wanted to. I want to share with you um, some, some tools that, that you may find helpful, um, no matter what size band you have. Can, would you find maybe take a minute and pass them sure. on, make sure everybody gets one? Um, this is a, a chart. This is not my original chart, by the way. Um, Paul Balash has these charts on his website. If you go to leadworship.com, and uh, I think it's, I think it's under his uh, DVDs. Like you have to go to where he, his website sells stuff. Uh, but there's a DVD. I think it's titled Worship Band Workshop or something like that. Um, that's actually where I picked up this chart from, and it's it's been really really useful to me. Uh, whenever we're trying to figure out what we're going to play on Sunday morning and how we're going to play it, to the point that um, for a while I made it mandatory for our worship team that, thank you, that we weren't going to play songs on Sunday until they had done this chart with every song beforehand. Um, I don't have to be so strict about it anymore because they started learning how to do it themselves. Um, but this is just one of the most, thank you very much for passing those out. Um, did you get one for yourself? We're going to like listen to some music here in a second, um, where you can kind of hear this and, and what it may sound like. But this is called um, like mapping out a song. This is where you start thinking about a worship song as an arranger. Um, try to think of yourself a little bit like if you were a producer in a studio and you're trying to bring this song out and you're trying to figure out what part goes where and when and all that stuff, um, you, you don't need everybody playing the same thing at all times. You want to start asking, 
what's the intro like? So you see on the page there, actually I have this on the screen too, so let me just bring it up real quick so we'll all be able to look at it together. Um, escape this mode. This is great getting to use this technology. I don't know if we can use it. Um, we have the, uh, the listen and learn chart. So, for your instrument part, when you're sitting down and, and listening to a song, um, I want you to start thinking about what goes into it. So I'm going to start playing a song, and you'd be thinking for your instrument part, whether you're a vocalist, a percussionist, electric guitar player, keyboard player, bassist, drum, acoustic guitar, piano, whatever. If it's a different instrument, you know, if you play hammer dulcimer, write that in there, you know, <laughs> figure out what it does. Um, if, if you're going to work that into the song, that's fine. But this is a good way to chart it out. If you have, um, if you have these instruments in your band, uh, at least it's going to help you know what to play. So I'm going to start just with like, let's do like oceans. I just go to like top 40 CCLI stuff. I think this will go through. So, like this song, if you're going to write out this arrangement, let me put the other thing back on the screen. You're listening for, oh, what's that? You're listening for, what's the song doing in the intro part here? You notice the drums are not in yet. You notice there's not any guitars yet, you know, like that. It's just a simple keyboard and a pad type sound, you know? So, and this is the A section that we're in right now. And you notice the, the piano player is just very simple in what they're doing, you know? Probably sitting on his or her left hand right now, <laughs> you know? Hear just a little tiny bit of guitar Drums are starting to come in a little bit now. Hear how the electric guitar is doing that dun 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 and then the guitar, the electric kind of stops because the vocals are back now. So you don't want to step on the vocals. And the drums are a little more consistent. The toms are... So you can kind of hear how it's all starting to come together. Hold on a second. Being diagnosed with the cancer. 
It's just piano. You can tell your players. I want it like this this Sunday. We're just going to start with piano only. things you can you can I mean it works with every song that you do if you're going to do one that starts out with this rousing electric guitar part in the beginning do that that's great you know but you want to make sure and have them try it out so they, they may be a little bit resistant to it at first your praise teams might be because they may not want to do homework but you know if you can help them understand and see that it's so worth it and and maybe just sit down with them like take one of these charts if maybe you take one of these and make Xerox copies of it and take it in one time to your praise band session. Maybe you have like an extra meeting one week or something. And, um, or it would really work well in like a retreat setting if you do this with your band and say, we need to start learning how to serve each other and how to listen to each other and how to, how to help each other. Um, we want to make sure that we're not like stepping on the vocals with you know, so-and-so's guitar solo in the, in, in the middle, like I showed you a few minutes ago. We want to make sure that the uh, piano is not overplaying. If you have an organ, you might even have to ask yourself, like, what do we do with an organ on a song like that, that we just did? Some of you, do some of you still have organs in your church and use that? Some of you do still. Okay, good. Um, you might have to ask, though, like, the organist, he or she is probably going to jump in and just start playing every note on the page because that's how they mm -hmm. do it, Right. Uh, and they do. That's that's often what happens, and they're used to doing that. It, it's a different musical language, and that's this. It's just times change, and I think music, uh, honestly, um, I, I kind of see all music as contemporary. <laughs> it's just that some contemporary is thirty years old. It was it was cool thirty years ago, or forty years ago, or fifty years ago. 
Um, and everybody just got kind of stuck with whatever style they knew how to do at that time. So you might ask, like, if your instrument is an organ, it's not up here. But you could fully have an organ be on that song if you could kind of help them, kind of that same concept of like the pad is doing, you know? Like let the organ just kind of play some soft chords over what you're doing on that song. And you can use this also with hymns. It doesn't have to be a song that's just up there. You might find this a helpful way to go into your practice, um, grab a hymnal and, and say, hey, tonight we're going to figure out a new arrangement for And Can It Be or something. Um, maybe we're going to go um, with a different meter, perhaps. Because um, like, songs like And Can It Be, um, you actually, a good number, it's kind of fascinating actually, it's a good number of the hymns in our hymnal. If you go to the section in the back that has the meters of the song, you know that section that's like, what's that there for? It's like 3.4.4.4.3 Trinity or something, <laughs> it says at the end. Um, if you go to those meters and try to figure out what that is, you'll find things like this that uh, you didn't know. And you may be able to breathe new life into a song. Um, this song is in the same meter. Same. And can it be that I should gain an interest in my Savior's love? Died he for me who caused his pain for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can I'm not playing that because I think it's like the most cool song ever or whatever, but it's just an example. A lot of those meters you're going to find are interchangeable because when people were writing those songs, they were actually writing poetically and, and in a certain meter so that other poems could be fit into that tune. So that was the tune of Faith of Our Fathers, but it was the words to And Can It Be, you know. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, Charles Wesley didn't write tunes uh, for the most part. He just wrote, he just wrote words, honestly. And, <clears throat> and so they changed him and put music. So by that same token, if you took um, um, Faith of our Fathers, whose almighty hand, you know, it's just a way to interchange stuff. So you might try something like that on a Sunday and say, is there another, like, tune? Maybe, uh, maybe somebody in your church, you guys are songwriters, so maybe you've written a song um, and you want to have a specific message that goes with a tune everybody knows. Well, you can kind of do this as well and maybe do it for your band in advance. You know, kind of write out little notes to them and then hand this in to them and say, you know, we want you in on this part here. If you don't have a recording to listen to, th does that make sense to everybody? Like, you can kind of tell your band, like, make copies and say, like, this A section is the verse. I want piano here. Even if it's just like check marks, <laughs> you can make it for your band to let them know where they come in. Um, I'd prefer they do it themselves, but if it's like something they don't have a master recording of, you can do it for them. Uh, but sometimes even if it's just a check, that's enough, <laughs> you know, to know that's where you come in. Or if you write, you know, if you're, um, if you're the drummer and you're getting to the bridge, um, <clears throat> play heavy right here or, or stop playing, you know, don't play anymore. Um, if you're a vocalist, right, you know, shut up, don't sing here, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Um, rule of thumb for vocalists, by the way, um, at least at my church, a good bit of the time what we do 
often, while we have several singers up on the platform, often I'll say no harmony until we get to like the second verse or, you know, and then you start adding some more things in. Um, or I might start the first verse as a solo. They'll sing with their mics down so we can kind of get the congregation singing. But we want to try to, you know, create a certain dynamic and a certain flow whenever we're leading together there. Um, now, <coughs> as much as we can, um, we want to remove distractions from, I mean, I, that's probably one of our biggest jobs as worship leaders is to just remove the distraction and allow people to connect in meaningful ways, hopefully, with God. Um, so we want to um, approach our band in that way as well. This is where knowing your congregation is going to be very helpful. Okay? If you don't know your congregation, if you don't know who they are, um, it's not going to do you a lot of good to walk into a church um, on a Sunday morning with the latest Lecrae song um, if your congregation is made up of 70-year-olds, <laughs> you know, uh, they're not going to understand what's, what's happening here. They may even be offended, you know, by, by what's happened. Even though it's something that's a praise to God, it, it just may not be the language of this congregation that they're used to speaking. That's not to say that you can't stretch them. Um, you can, and I think you should. But sometimes our music can become a distraction to worship. And, and it can actually be something that takes away. Um, so I'm always looking for ways, how can I help people kind of focus in more? Um, how many of you in here have somebody that plays like a, a pad sound on your keyboard, or plays like a keyboard string section or something on Sunday morning? Do, just by show of hand, any of you have that on Sunday? Okay, not very many. How many of you would like to have that on Sunday mornings? Yeah, something like that. Well, let me, let me show you quickly a tool that you can use. I get no money for endorsing this. I just love it, and I use it all the time. Um, because a lot of Sundays, um, I've been at my church for almost 13 years now, and we've had many different seasons musically. We just happen to be in one now. We've had a lot of people move away. We've had different people that have, you know, just for various reasons, people come and go. And so our band is a little more stripped down than it used to be at, at this particular time. But I want to get some of the bigger sounds out of it. If you have an MP3 player, it, it does not have to be um, not have to be an iPad or an iPhone or anything like that. Um, there's a really cool thing called um, pad loops, if I can find it. Um, you can pay about, I think it's like $50 total, and you can get a pad arrangement in every single key. Um, let me get to it here real quick. Um, Every major, every minor, A flat, A, uh, A flat, sorry, A flat, A flat minor, A, A minor, um, B flat, B flat minor, B, B minor, stuff like that. I'm going to unplug this real quick so you can hear. Um, they've set it up in such a way that it doesn't matter what key you're, like what you're playing, as long as you're in that key, it's going to work. Uh, so we do this. Hopefully this isn't going to blast us out. Uh, let me try it real fast. Because a lot of times at prayer time, you know, either I'm playing guitar or piano, but I want something a little bit different feel. These are called pad loops. Um, you can look it up online. I think it's shaylenpalmer.com. 
That's where they are? Shailen, S-H-A-L-O-N-P-A-L-M-E-R, Shailen Palmer, I think is his name. I may need to turn that down a little bit. Uh, it's not a such program, um, but I'll give you a good example of what you can do with things like that. You, you can kind of create an ambient sound, and whatever I play in the key of A, because this one is in the key of A, it's not going to sound bad. So kind of... just kind of fits in there. It's just these pad loops that kind of play over. Can you turn it up just a little bit more again? I'm sorry. I'm having trouble hearing it now. Probably because my ears are closed. Yeah, that's good. So we've got, you know, this pad sound. You're in the key of A and so you might, you are beautiful beyond description. And you may be the only instrumentalist that Sunday, you know. Marvelous might go you are the everlasting God you know it could be at prayer time you can use something like that throw it in there you know and just kind of yes Lord I'm waiting for you right here so um, we've been using those some on Sundays and it's been really nice I hook it up through a Bluetooth device and, uh, and we'll just play those out, and yes? Now you can change, presumably during the song, you can change the pad. Well, you could. The only problem with that is, is it comes in an MP3, so you just have to like select the next track you want. You, you can, and what I'll often do is I'll pick out the, te the keys for the day on Sunday, and um, whenever the pad is over, usually either I or my drummer, whoever's running it that day, um, we'll just kind of turn the volume down gradually when the song's over and let it kind of fade out. We'll go to the next key and push that button. But they have all the minor keys and everything on there too. And it's kind of amazing. I've even used this in the recording studio before. Are the pads well, different? Um, they, they are some slight variances. They're often a lot like this one though. But as you can imagine, like on Sunday morning now, um, you don't have to worry about filling in at prayer time if you want a little ambient music or if you don't have a piano player or a keyboard this still sounds kind of nice and we the, from the first Sunday we started using something like this I had people immediately come to me and say you know that was so nice like it just kind of helped me focus you know because I didn't I didn't have a lot of notes being played and it wasn't sometimes I think even my picking on Sunday could be distracting if it's prayer time you know because I might be you know, and you don't need that all that time. That's actually, so. that's, I have the exact issue. So that's, yeah. That's awesome. And so sometimes now what I'll do, I mean, still I play sometimes either keyboard or piano or something too at prayer time. But sometimes I just let something like this go, even at the end of service. Um, and that sometimes allows our, like, praise team to have some time at the altar too. You know, not everybody has to play all the time. So that's just a tool that I found useful. If you guys are able to use it, uh, more power to you. Um, it can it can be a very good tool. Like I said, you can get them in every key. I think they have two packages. One's like, I think it's like $25 for all the major keys or $25 for all the minors. Um, 
Actually, it probably is more than that because I think if you do them all together, every major and minor, it's like 50 bucks, I think. But you can put it on any device. If you have a phone, you want to put it on your phone, you can do that. If you have Wi-Fi in your sanctuary, you can just stream it from a cloud player. Um, if you just have a little portable MP3 player, you can just plug it in and use that. And as you can see, it doesn't matter where in the song you're at now, you know, I'm still in the right key, you know, and you can just loop it. So for whatever it's worth, that's something that I found pretty helpful. Um, let me grab my, uh, oh, we're about out of time, aren't we? These sessions go fast. Um, Alright, I feel like I've talked a bunch. Are there any questions or comments or anything before we head on to the next session today? Or uh, Did you find some of this helpful, hopefully? Um, but like I said, take those, uh, take those sheets with you because I, I found those very helpful when I work with bands. And um, leadworship.com, just go there. You'll find all kinds of good stuff from Paul Bullock. You've been listening to Voices in My Head the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience. So if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.